I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Max. And I'm Skylar. Recently, we decided to start watching Bob's Burgers to see what it was all about. And it didn't take us long to become completely obsessed with the show. But one of the things we love the most about the show is the brilliant end credit sequences. Which is why we created this podcast. Each week, we're going episode by episode to talk about the elaborate end credits. We're excited to have you join us right here on Bob's Credits. We'll make sure the Bob's Burgers end credits get the credit they're due. All right! I can't feel my face, chip chip a <laughs> But I love it. But I love it. That might be my favorite because it rhymes. Because it rhymes? Yeah. They typically do. I try I try to rhyme some of the chip chip aroos. No, I guess you're right. But some, it, uh, it is fu- it is more fun when it's like yeah, the, the it, it it feels like a natural replacement. Yeah. You sure it's not because you're obsessed with the weekend? I'm not obsessed with the weekend. You're obsessed with the weekend. You love the weekend. I think that's you. <laughs> you're right. Uh, I am obsessed with the weekend. Uh moving forward. Um we are here. Yep. We are Ready to talk about some Bob's Burgers end credits? I, and I'm just like going to, spoiler alert, I'm going to call these iconic. These end credits. Yes. You're saying these as in we're doing a two-part episode, so. Season four finale. No, we're not. We're not doing a two-part episode. No, we're doing a two-part episode. I thought you meant we were doing a two-part episode. We're doing two You're separate this, episodes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Rewind. Both Bob's Burgers and Bob's Credits are going to have two episodes for this continuation story. Does that make sense? Yes. The first to be continued on Bob's Burgers, season four finale. I didn't understand like the first time I watched these credits that they were iconic, but after doing a little digging and research, I'm very excited to talk about it. And we're going to get all into that. But first, first of all, we've got a new patron on Patreon to thank. We do? Yes. Um, it's our friend, or our new friend. He, he wasn't our friend before. We didn't who, know him. Who? Uh, Jeffrey Fishbach, oh. who has been super interactive on Twitter with us. We've enjoyed his comments. He is like a... Jeffrey is a true Bob's, Bob's Burgers, Burgers fan. fan. Yeah. He <laughs> will... Expert? Expert? Expert, I, would I would say, say I would say he's he knows anything and everything. I think a couple times we've offered a couple of fun facts to him that he did not know. Yeah, and, so, he, and I, I felt special. 
offered us a few answers. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate the support. We appreciate all of our patrons on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Bob's Credits. If you want to get on there, always yeah. good content on there. We're constantly putting stuff up there. If you need more Bob's Burgers in your life, become a... Or more of us. Nah. Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think Bob's is an easier sell. That's true. Okay. <laughs> all right. I gotta say, like, let's do... Bob Pun or Max Pun? Yeah. Okay. These are all themed. Any guesses for what I themed them? Think about the the end credits. James Bond? Yes. Oh, spoiler alert. These are all James Bond movie titles. All right. Um, Movie title puns. We can talk about it later Mm -hmm. because we're just like really jumping the gun here. Pun intended. James Gunn. No. Machine Gun. No, there's Machine a gun, gun at Kelly. the end of this episode. <laughs> He's just doing that to mess with me. Yeah. He does that frequently. All, um, all day, every day. But I've never seen a James Bond movie, so this will be interesting. I have never been a big James Bond fan. I apologize for any big James mm-hmm. Bond fan out there. I've seen, you know, I've seen a movie here and there. I've definitely not seen all of them. I've never seen a Sean Connery one. Sorry. Mm. Um, I think my first one I saw was Goldeneye with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Golden, there's a Goldeneye and a Golden Finger. There's a Goldfinger and there's Goldeneye. Okay. There's a man with a golden gun. There's, there's a lot of I'm just repetition. realizing that a lot of people may have no idea why we're even talking about James Bond. So Spoiler alert. The end credits are a James Bond opening sequence theme. Very, very. Parody. Yes. Yeah. The only James Bond I know is really Austin Powers. There you go. Yeah. That's that the ultimate James Bond parody. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Okay. Your first pun is the Olive and Let Die Burger, which is a parody of 1973's Live and Let Die. Bob. Yes. Cha-ching. Your next pun is the Quantum of Salami Burger. Max. This one was a trick one. Okay. It's Bob, mm-hmm. but also kind of Max because it wasn't fully visible in the episode. So it was Quantum of Sol, but you couldn't see what it was. So I just finished it on my own. <laughs> so do I get half a point? You get half a point, I <laughs> a guess. A piece of salami? You, you, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll give you some gabagool later. <laughs> Thank you. Um, which is, so that's a parody of 2008's Quantum of Solace. I'm already bored, just FYI. Perfect. <laughs> Great, great for this podcast for my co-host to be falling asleep over there. Your next pun is Dr. No Onions Burger. Regular burger, hold the onions. Max. Yes, very good. Parody of 1962's Dr. No. And your final pun is Goldfingerling Potatoes Burger. Yum. You can throw potatoes on anything. Pizza, burger, I'm there. Max. Yes. Yes, I Parody, did pretty well. I th- I, I'm going to give you all of them. Parody of 1964's Goldfinger, I as you mentioned. I will not take your pity one. I okay. got three out of four, okay. and that's what it'll be. Three and a half out of four, technically. I, I don't know. Well, there we go. One of the Austin Power movies were called Goldmember. A little parody there. That's, yeah. Oh, I just got the penis reference. Yeah. See, I, I watched these when I was very young. That's why I want to rewatch them with you. Isn't the whole thing is that he's got a gold member? Max, when you're 
When did these come out? When you're 10 and 11? I wasn't that age when they came out. Yeah. No, I didn't get that. But I get it now. My parents just allowed me to watch all those. Austin Powers, for some reason, kind of like, it's all adults, gross humor. humor but for some reason, like... Works on both levels. Like, but like, I, th- I feel like a lot of parents let their kids watch that when it wasn't a kid's movie. Yeah, totally. The times have changed. You think they wouldn't wa- let them watch it now? I mean, the humor is definitely has not aged well, but... No. Okay. All right, let's do this. Okay. Skylar. Yes. Can we have the title and synopsis for season four, episode 21, please? This episode is called Wharf Horse, or you don't think it's called Wharf Horse? No, you're right. Sorry. I have it written <laughs> wrong here, and I was like, this mine is wrong. <laughs> I have Wharf House. <laughs> She's a wharf house. Or How Bob Saves Slash Destroys the Town Part 1. When Tina learns they're tearing down her beloved carousel, including her first horse love, Mr. Goiter, Louise locks her to him and makes her swallow the key in hopes of stopping the destruction. Meanwhile, Felix has a rich proposal for Bob. Literally, if Bob gets Mr. Fishodor to go along with tearing down the wharf in order to build condos, Bob's sure to become rolling in the dough and have a seaside restaurant. This episode came out on May 11th, 2014. It was written by Nora Smith and directed by Brian Loschiavo. All right, let's get into it. Okay. Thoughts on this episode, Skylar Harrison. Really, really enjoyed it on the second watch. And um, our this was third our second or fourth. One. I think it was like our third <laughs> yeah. watch of this episode. And then poking around a little bit, I know you did the research this week, But I did read a few reviews, and my appreciation that I already had for the episode grew like tenfold, mainly because they're risking a different tone here. They're going so much darker. Were you like shocked by the darkness on your first watch of this? No, I don't think so. Maybe like the next episode, because this is a two-parter, when like, like Bob could like die, mm-hmm. he could drown to death. That did not shock you. No, because I didn't like expect that he was going to die. Okay. Well, regardless of if you think that or not, like this is a huge. Um, they're taking bigger risks tonally here, and the first hint of that is actually in the non-opening credits. We don't have the bright, cheery opening credits. Um, we just have like a little bit of a of a um, intro card. Yeah, I remember the first time we watched this and the next one because it's like we said it's a two parter. I wasn't into it, mm-hmm. but super into it the second time. Even more, like I feel like the more I watch these episodes, the more I enjoy them. I agree. And Some it- aren't as rewatchable, but this one I just really liked it. Plus, it also led to us getting Biscuit a Mr. Goiter toy that did not last long at all. It was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. It looked like like Mr. Goiter. It went beyond Mr. Goiter looks. It was like this pale, like, barf stain green trying to be mint. And then, like, the black (laughs) ink was, like, bleeding into the green. And then it had, like, hair... (laughs) 
that biscuit <laughs> ate. ate, so it did not last very long in this household. Poor Mr. Goiter. Mm-hmm. What else about this episode? I have a lot. Okay. Well, I, you have a lot? Yeah. You have facts? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Well, I have some, too. So how are we going to do this? No, you Usually go for one it. of us only does the facts. No, you go I'm for thrown, it. I, this you is... just, you sounded really lost. I didn't know. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, as you said, no opening credits. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. We don't get any puns in the, at the beginning. It's a little bit of a bummer. But um, this title, it's a long title. Yes. It's a double parody. Oh. Of uh, War Horse which was a movie, as well as Dr. Strangelove, which has a kind of like an AKA uh-huh. uh, title. It's Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. So that's the whole- Is that a movie? That's the whole How Bob Saves, Destroys the Town. Yeah, Dr. Strangelove. I didn't know there was that was an AKA title. Yeah, I think it's like if you look it up, it's like the official wow. title with parentheses. Wow. Yeah. One of the things Skylar and I have love about the show so much is the continuity and their like devotion to um, once something happens, like the mechanical shark eating the ice cream machine and it has dents in the side for the rest of the series, their bathroom being changed and the bathroom stays that way through the rest of the series. Bob's tattoo in the background on Wonder Wharf, there is a poster for the mechanical shark, but there's a big giant closed sign slapped over it. Which is great. I just a little and nod that's to the it. first time we noticed it. Yeah, this time. Yeah, yeah. And that's from season three, episode six. So, so they're good. like sticking that. It's funny to me because they could have just taken the poster down, but instead of the poster coming down, they just slapped a big old clothes sign over it. I love it. I mean, I mean, that's what we're talking about. The wharf is like de- decrepit, and um, of course they wouldn't remove a poster. This is also the first time. Uh, we see the bathroom again after he Felix redecorates it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he actually uses it. Yes. And doesn't wash his hands, probably because he can't figure out what is the sink. <laughs> Another little fun fact is there's a little brief moment where Bob has a little fantasy about his beach burger uh, mm-hmm. restaurant. It's very short, but there's a little sneak preview of the big musical number, <gasps> Nice Things Are Nice. Really? Yeah. Which then I want to talk about. This big be- musical number. This wait, is the f- wait, wait, but before we get into that magnificent beast. Yes. What's the little sneak preview? Uh, probably just a little bit of the music from Nice oh, Things Are Nice. Yeah. And spoiler alert, we have some for- deep foreshadowing in the credits. Um, we'll get to the credits when we get to them, but continue. Let's talk about this huge... Musical number. This feels like where Bob's goes, yeah, we've been enjoying this musical thing here and there, but we're going full musical. And uh, I loved it. It's fantastic. Did you like it? I love you know what? I didn't the first time around. The first You're time I was kidding. like I was like, I don't know if I want them to start singing. Like it's been <laughs> such a good episode. But n- now I love it. I think I think it's, it's so, so good. So good. Like I wanna sing it. I like listening to it. I like the like it's such a good parody of like Broadway songs with like Mr. Fishoder coming in behind him. And then we get the like sequel to the song in next week's episode, which mm-hmm. is so good. And I just love Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and just I, a very lovable, lovable I love Bob. Tina's little uh, Mr. Goiter part of the song where she's like chained to him. And oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. 
Um, speaking of that, just to rewind quickly, did you like the cute little Tina and Bob montage with Mr. Goiter? Oh my God. Thank you for bringing that up. It is what is fantastic about this show. It is adorable. First of all, baby Tina is the cutest fucking thing on the planet. So adorable. With her big old glasses. Bob is such an involved dad. And until he's like, no, you got to you gotta do this yourself at a certain point, you know? So when she's old enough and she falls off, she falls off. He's got a, he's, yep. he's, I think he's a good father. I think so. He knows when to kind of like back off a little bit. He, he really should have intervened in the car scene. Um, our favorite Tina and Bob oh, when scene. When she crashed the car <laughs> at some point. Yeah, he was trying to let her do her thing. I know. And I, I really appreciate that. She's ready to be an independent woman. He's trying to let her. Yes, she is. You know? Amen. Some returning voices, by the way. We mentioned that Felix Fischer is back, so Zach Galifianakis is back. Um, Amazing. We're going to see lots of Felix moving forward. Can I ask you a Felix question? Yeah. This just may be just wrong, but I was shocked at how evil he was in this episode. In When we're introduced to him, he seems incompetent to me. Um, a little bit like Mr. Fischodor is like, they have little games to like lure him out of the bathroom mm-hmm. and like, he kind of has to stick him somewhere because he's just kind of like that black sheep brother. Yeah. But then he comes back and he's like full on conniving evil. <laughs> Maybe it's how, cause Mr. Fischodor is kind of out there and is like, Oh, look at everyone is, is smaller than me. It's below me and I'm right and I'm... So maybe like around him, yeah, he kind of like talks down to Felix and he treats him like that when Felix is not necessarily like maybe he's mm, a little bit... When he's on his own. Like younger brother syndrome, I guess. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about this too. I was just like, oh, Mr. Fish Odor is this huge metaphor for capitalism and like... We can like, um, I was reading um, an AV article a little bit about this. Um, uh, It was a review on this episode. He can be like funny and weird and we like him. Like we like him as a character, but he's like a horrible human. Yeah, he's awful. He's awful. He's awful. And even when they're, well, we'll get into this during the next episode when they're actually tied below the pier. But he is just like, he doesn't care that much. Which is just, like, this, like, metaphor for, like, white privilege. Like, he's about to, like, drown, and he's like, eh, like, I'll I'll, I'll rise to the surface. And he doesn't, like, turn his brother in, which is just, I mean, none of them do eventually. Yeah. (laughs) So. Anyway. All right. Hit me with the voices. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. So, Felix is back. We also have Mickey's back. Love you, Mickey. Bill Hader. Uh, Olsen Brenner is back doing some reporting. Pamela Adlon. Pamela Adlon. Ugh, I always get that wrong. We always get it wrong. And Jordan Peele is back. He's voiced a couple characters up until this point, but he is back as any guesses? Well, if you're asking me to guess, I feel like it's, is her name Fanny? Fanny. You're kidding. Ooh, this viewing for me, I think she's incredible. Well, I wish I had known before that it was um, Mr. Peele. Yeah. 
That because I kept saying to you, is that the Jocelyn voice? Is that the Jocelyn voice? Right. Yeah. Anytime it's like a man doing like a, like a, oh a my belly God. girl. Yeah. <laughs> it is so good. And I I love maybe we should have done these episodes together because it's like too complicated to separate the plot out from each other, but like her stupid club song is like literally how they save the day by getting her too distracted. Yeah. Yeah. Great, Great character. character. Yeah. I love I love it. Anytime I wear hoops, you go like, you're like, you look like a Bob Side character. I think that's who you're trying to say. Yeah, because don't you have hoops in our cover art? Yeah, exactly. Because when I had the artist do it, you were wearing hoops in the picture. So and yeah. I was like, we should keep those in because they're very Bob's character-esque. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, go look at our cover art for Skylar's hoops. <laughs> what else? You got any anything else? Should we get into the credits? Do you have any other... I'm going to do that thing where I go way deeper than I probably need to go. Mm-hmm. But in this AV article I read, the author um, said something that like totally blew my mind. Bob obviously has a change of heart because he's like, the wharf is the heart of the town. But the this the author of this article was actually saying that that change of heart is kind of like a metaphor for the entire show because Bob could never leave and like screw over the town and become this like one percenter because the re like how the wharf, this like familiar air, this like familiar weird place, that's what Bob's is. So like um, part of the reason we love him and feel comfortable around this world is because he's not successful and he's kind of like fumbling and always like not he can't quite get to success and if you if you make him successful by him tearing down the wharf and building these condos then the magic of the show is gone absolutely you need did that make sense yeah you need growth but not too much growth where the premise of the show yeah yeah and that's what happened with the show Roseanne back really? in the day? Yeah. You know, they were like poor or not necessarily poor, but like... What well, was a, a working class? Middle, yeah, yeah. Yeah. At one, one season towards the end of the series, they won the lottery and were just like... What? Yeah. They just threw a bomb in the show. Yeah. It was like, wh- why? Why would you do that? That's not what the show is. I mean, obviously, this is also when shows, I feel like, ran too long anyway. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, that's so fascinating. Because I was actually thinking of The Office and... Something that I'm constantly trying to ask myself is like, why is this so self-soothing to me? Why can I watch this a million times? And I think it's similar to why I like watching Bob's. Like we all kind of feel like we're a little weird and we try really hard but can never like break through and it's comfortable being around because at the end of the day, it's like, who cares? Who cares? They have each other. They have like this great, weird, fun life. Um, And it's the same with The Office. It's like, yeah, they're stuck at these office jobs, but like it's these beautiful moments um, of the ordinary. That's why they're making the documentary in the first place about paper, a paper company. But then Jim goes and does his sports thing and it lost some magic for me. Yeah. So Um, it's also a problem with running too long, but. In an animated series, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Keep Bob's Burgers on the air forever, everyone. Yes. Keep going. Yes. Be, so, be always sunny. There was one other thing that I wanted to ask you about because you're way more of a Simpsons fan than me. 
But there's actually a Simpsons episode called Who Shot Mr. Burns? Yeah. And that's a two-parter. Yes. So, and both of the cliffhangers have to, they have like gunplay in them. And so I didn't know if that was like an homage to the Simpsons two-parter. It could be. I don't remember. So it's a... It was a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. So I, I assume that's a, that's what they. It wasn't. It wasn't a two parter to end the season. I don't think it was one. It was a two parter. One half with a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So everyone spent the off season like, oh, oh who did shoot Mister Burns? Who did? And then we found out in the premiere. premiere. Yeah. Oh. Um. But yeah, maybe that is kind of a little bit of an homage. Yeah. With the gun, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it I could just be. thought Simpsons. Do you know fans, who shot Mister Burns? I don't. Who shot oh, Mr. Any Burns? guesses? You're probably um, the one person. It's someone in the family. How about that? Lisa. No. Uh, the little baby. Yes. Oh, second guess. Pretty good. No one was going to guess Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was what's fun about that episode, not to go talk about Simpsons, because there's plenty of other podcasts you can listen to for that. But what's fun about that is they set up so many like red herrings. Like everyone had a reason to shoot him in that, oh, in that episode. Oh, I love that. It's yeah, like it's Agatha really fun. Christie. Yeah. I love that. Should we get into the end credits? Yes. Okay. The last moment before this episode ends is Felix holding a gun on Bob and Mr. Fishoder on the pier. I, I don't understand how you don't think this is a darker tone than Bob's usually goes. This feels like real stakes. Yeah, maybe it's just because I know that nothing's going to happen to Bob. Maybe they what if they killed off Mr. Fishhunter? They could. Ooh, that would have been dark. You're the old one. Look at your face. What? Shut up! You're both old and you're both going to die. Well, so you did mean both of us. Yeah. Quiet, please! Ah. Wonder so Are it, you ready? It ends with a close-up of Bob with the gun in the frame pointed at him. Bob's freaking out and says, to be continued. And I'm sweating and I'm scared. And Max is like, eh. Yeah. No, the stakes, nah, stakes are not, stakes are low stakes here. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. The stakes, <laughs> the stakes have fallen on the ground. They've fallen off the grill onto the ground. That's how low they oh, are. Oh, God. Yeah. That sounds like a high stakes situation to me. Stakes are expensive. Hmm. In Bob's Burgers, sometimes the stuff probably falls off the grill and they just put it back on. No, Bob takes pride in his food. Okay, you don't think Gene now, did Gene, it? Now, Gene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Serious, because this is a very serious credit, credit sequence. Yes. So what we get, we get this epic music and we hear Linda singing Wonder Wharf. Chills. Very Shirley Bassey-esque. Now... Who is um, known for singing like the ultimate Bond themes? Yes, so she sings all the Bond themes. I didn't know who that Not was. All of them. Okay, a lot of them. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think she sings like Goldfinger. Yeah. Um. So for those who don't really know, do you want to listen to kind of a Shirley Bassey one of her songs? Yeah, my mom loves Shirley Bassey. You're kidding. Would, she would go to her concerts. Really? Yeah, she loves Shirley Bassey. Let me see. If um, I can have look. we played enough of the song so people can kind of see that this is definitely a James Bond let's parody? Let's play. Let's play just a little bit. Okay. More. Okay, you get it. It's all yeah. drawn out. There's. We're gonna go through the animation that's in it because it's incredible and it's very James Bond opening sequence. So freaking cool. Yeah. 
Um, so here's a, just a tiny bit of Shirley Bassey singing Goldfinger. Goldfinger He's the man The man with my touch Get it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so fun. I love that Linda gets her Bond girl moment. Yeah, she's been she's been dreaming of this for a long time. Uh, I'm sure John Roberts has been like, let me do a Bond song already. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, he's like, it's four seasons already and I have not sung like Shirley Bassey. <laughs> what the hell? Let me let me do a Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> that was very good. Um, let's start with these amazing visuals. Yeah. Okay. So what's the first thing we see? So we see like a close-up image of like a carousel it's this really cool like white version on a black background and we zoom out to see the full picture which is um the wharf i'm trying so these are a hundred percent james bond opening credit yeah it's it's a little yeah and it's a little like it's like minimal i'd say it's minimal with enough for you to kind of like know what the I'm drawing trying to is figure out what kind of style this looks like. It almost looks like cut out from paper. Um, there's like splatter. But anyway, the color palette we're working with is this is like so this is not Bob's animation whatsoever. Yeah. Total style and tone change, yeah. which mimics the actual episode because there's definitely a tone change, Max. Low stake, low stake episode. <laughs> um. Okay, so we have the carousel, uh, we have the Ferris wheel and the carousel to the left and then another structure on the, it's, uh, on the, the other it's left. Kinda like, yeah, it's kind of like the top of the uh, roller coaster. The top, oh, the top of the roller coaster. So the uh, Scream a Cane. All right, explain that transition to us. Okay, when she's saying Wharf of Wonder, there's a close-up of what pulls out and we realize it's a gun facing the the screen so it's pointing at us well it's the ferris wheel transforms into the eye of the gun and then it all pulls out and we see kind of like a silhouette version of of felix this is a blue background in that same like black Black silhouette. Black kind of. silhouette. Yeah. And he turns to the side and shoots the gun in his hand, which shoots out like a long bullet. It's like yep. a, a series of bullets almost. Yeah. Which then turns into the roller coaster, the Scream on, on on the roller coaster itself. Yeah. On the wooden stuff, whatever that's called. This is going to be the hardest one we've ever had to describe. I think the last one that took a while was the uh, farts. That was the really hard. Song. Also, the commercial had a lot going on. That's true. Um, but this is, it's hard to explain, but it's so seamless, it's almost easier to explain. And I also want to say that a few weeks ago, I was talking about how, like, sometimes they don't, like, do much for the cre- end credits. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like, what, what the deciding factor is. Like, it was just Gail reciting her poem, which mm-hmm. was in the episode, and mm-hmm. they just kind of, like, put it in the end credits. This very clearly is specifically for the end credits. They went all out. It took a lot of time. It's incredible. 
I just I just wonder what the deciding factor is when they do these. Yeah, and I feel like this because it's a season finale because it's the first to be continued. I feel like this is like a precious episode. They took more risk. I think they went all out with the, every aspect they, of this episode. They took more risk, but they lowered the stakes for sure. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see what happens with this roller coaster. Here, a bullet shot. Okay, that's freaking cool. Okay, I wanted to let Linda sing a little bit. All right, so this roller coaster goes up and, sorry, it goes down a drop on the wooden. Retro is the word I've been trying to say. The artwork looks Retro. retro. It's a retro style to mimic James Bond. So the train... Uh, not the train. The roller coaster drops down on its white wooden frame, and now it goes up the roller coaster, a black roller coaster. But what it is looks revealed? like it looks like it transitions to almost being like a train on going like over a hillside. Yes. But yes. what we see it actually is is a silhouette of Linda lying down with her head kind of in her in one of her hands like if you would lie on a piano, piano. yeah yes. while you were singing this you, song <laughs> yes. yeah um and the train is going over the curves of her body it's very sensual yeah and that she's like all in black but her glasses are in like red and white yeah. so um, we know it's linda i think this is linda's ultimate dream you, like, would you say these end credits are in her head <laughs> maybe no i do not because spoiler alert they spoil next week's episode in these credits. Oh. So I don't think this is in Linda's head. I think the writers are like, we are going to mess with our audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see where this goes. Six feet under. Okay. What happens there while she's saying under? Okay. So from the right side of the screen, we see a black and white spinning Mr. Goiter head mm-hmm. kind of going into the abyss. And as we remember from the episode, his head gets knocked off. Is this in this yes. episode or the next one? I believe talking it's about this it? one. Okay. So it's just his head knocked off. And then what? We see a, like a pinup silhouette of Linda. Her hands are on her booty. I feel like this is how Linda sees herself in real life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Which I get. Because sometimes I'm just like really feeling myself. And then I see like a photo of myself. I'm like, you look like a child. And I see you as one of these Bond ladies 24-7. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Let's paint my body gold. Okay. Okay, what are you laughing at there? This reminds me of so many different things. So we pull back and that pinup, that gorgeous pinup of Linda turns. She kind of looks like a ninja dancing and, and she's dancing to he wanted things that were nice. Yeah. And so she's like doing these like ninja dance moves. And then she like. I um, wish you could all see Skylar doing, <laughs> doing the moves herself. It's great. And then she like kind of like a beret backwards um, off screen. Yeah. And then we start to see kind of blood dripping from the top it of the screen is ominous yeah red oh my god that was so cool tell us so the blood the like blood drips down from the screen but on a white background on a white background it it kind of like 
shapes around silu- white silhouettes of Bob and Mr. Fish Odor. It's so cool. It's such good imagery. It's so cool. And now this is literally showing us a scene, a very pivotal scene from next week's episode. This next shot? Yeah. Okay. So we have the blood has created these white silhouettes of Mr. Fish Odor standing right next to Bob. Now... We know that they're going to be murdered completely. No, keep watching. What is the... See these white drips? Yeah. Tell us. Okay, so as Linda's singing Wonder Wharf again at the end there, so the blood drips down, but then it kind of comes back up. Well, hold on. So we get white drips... Which make these pillars. There's three pillars. Yes. There you go. And then Bob and F- Mr. Fisher turn back to back against the middle pillar, which is like in the next episode where they're tied together under the wharf. Literally. Or under the pier. And the white comes up from the top and it's supposed to be the water that's rising underneath the tide coming in. Yep. And Does it wash it completely white? Yeah. It comes all the way to the top. And then and goes to the it goes to the end of the card. Now, and that's and those are the end credits. It's when it's like that big like I wish I were a good singer, but it's like I mean, whoa. Here, I'll play it again. Yeah. It's worth listening to. Oh yeah. John Get Roberts it. is giving his everything to that. On the YouTube video, everyone is like, oh my gosh, his voice is amazing. His voice is amazing. Everyone loves the song. They want a full version. You want the lyrics? Yes, please. Okay, so it's Wonder Wharf, Wharf of Wonder. Mm-hmm. This won't end till Bob's six feet under. It's true. See, foreshadowing for the next episode. And this goes into what you were talking about, kind of like the... The metaphor is a symbolism. He wanted things that were nice, mm-hmm. but will he pay the ultimate price? Wonder Wharf. Wonder Wharf. That's, the my, ultimate... that's my, my slam poetry reading. <laughs> I love it. So can you believe that they, because as an audience, we don't, we don't know what the next episode is on our first view, but they totally give away the whole scene. You wouldn't even know. Like... I don't know if this is a big deal because we didn't watch this live. So we didn't know like what we were waiting for the second half. We watched them back to back. I don't know if it's. But can't you like they end with that like gunshot and you're worried about them unless you're Max, in which case you're not worried about them at all. Um, And then it's this like blood dripping kind of like washing Bob away. I don't know if I paid enough attention to these end credits the first time we ever watched it you know like you're like oh it's a james bond thing i love the music okay let's go eat lunch yeah i don't care let's my my steak fell on the floor i'm gonna go eat it (laughs) steak slow it's so low i gotta go get those the steak and eat it should we score these credits yeah we score on a scale of one to ten h's at the end of tina's uh do you want to go first you want me to go first i'll go first yeah eleven we can't do that, Skylar. We've tried to do that before. <laughs> then 10. And I will join you at the 10. <gasps> you will? Of course. This is, these are phenomenal. They're so good. And they, they literally break the formula. Yeah. I love, I love the homage. I love John Roberts' voice. 
I love Linda getting to be a Bond girl and a Bond singer. I love the lyrics. I love the I art. I love the art. It's it's fantastic. The, it's it's as good as the end credits get. And I like the risk they took. Me too. It's out of the kitchen yeah. sequence, and and we've loved those in the kitchen sequences. And it it beautifully um, something we have never ever seen before is this end credit sequence leads us into the next episode. So we we've seen like obviously end credits connect to the episode they're in, but this really calls to the next episode. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. Because the to be continued with there's like literally a gun in Bob's face. You can't go ding 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 Oh, you mean like the normal end credits? Like those, yeah, the, the tone name? would just, you would ruin. Because the stakes are high. The stakes are so high. And if you did something funny, you'd ruin the momentum. No, we need to, we need to be terrified for Bob for a whole week. Well, I was worried about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. For, you were worried about it for 40 seconds until we clicked onto the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I also, and we can talk about this next week, but like I was also very worried about him drowning. That was very disturbing to me. Okay. We'll get into a little Bob drowning next week. Uh, until until then, uh, why don't you go follow us on uh, social media, Bob's Credits on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we don't like Facebook. But we are on there and We're we need to there. start posting on there. We're on there. Look, it might not even be up. Facebook is down all the time now. You never know. Um, what else? Uh, leave us a review, please. We'd love to have some lovely reviews from you. You yes. specifically. You know who I'm talking to. Yeah, you. Yeah. If you, if you just pointed at yourself and said me, yes. <laughs> you. Talking to you. Um, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? You know, I'm just so worried about Bob. I'm just going to say stay safe. I'm so scared for him. Shut up. This, You know, when you go missing, I'm not going to come looking for you. How dare you? Because I'm going to be like, no, the stakes aren't high. No, he said, he always said the stakes weren't high. So I don't think they're, <laughs> I don't, it's fine. I think it's fine. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. 
Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.